This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomoto, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. I pray you will be blessed. My name's Lynette and today I'm joined again by my better half, Dennis. And here at Amazing Grace, we want to hear from you. We also have some free giveaways and uh, the book Steps to Christ is the free giveaway that you can get by contacting us. And also, if you check out in the local takeaways here in Palmerston North, in most of them you'll find a small magazine called Signs, and it has articles on health and the family and issues we face in life today. And it is free to you at a local takeaway here in Palmerston North. And you can contact us because we are, we'd love to hear from you. And we are happy to pray for you or a friend or family member off ear or on ear if you would like. And you can contact us. And the email address is info at mpr.nz, info at mpr.nz, or text on 022681521. All right, so to start the day, let's, um, to start the session of Amazing Grace, let's start with um, some thoughts from the Bible and a devotional. I was reading um, Deuteronomy the other day, and I read this verse in Deuteronomy 9, verse 10. Sorry, I got it in the other way. It's 10 verse 9, and it says, um, talking about the, uh, the the Levites, the tribe of Levi, who were the priests in the with, for the tabernacle. Therefore Levi has no portion nor inheritance with his brethren. So God was saying he wasn't going to inherit land because the Lord is his inheritance. And um, there's this other verse in Psalms, and the psalmist said, O Lord, you are my portion. You are the portion of my inheritance. And I think it's good for us to think about what is so precious about Jesus? How is he precious to us that he's, he's worth more than any inheritance that we might get here in this world. 
And I was thinking about that, and straight away the um, the little song "Sweet Jesus, Sweet Jesus, What a Wonder You Are" came to my came to my head. You're brighter than the morning star, and I asked myself, "Well, why is Jesus precious to me?" And uh, and I thought because I was struggling with shame and guilt and he rescued me from that um, when he died on the cross and it seems like such a long time ago but with God it's not you know time is uh, measured differently by God and yeah what Jesus did on the cross is is relevant and it counts today and Isaiah 53 I thought of that too he was wounded for my sins bruised and crucified for my iniquities. So I think it's good to ask ourselves, okay, if Jesus is so precious that God was saying to Levi that I'm going to be your your inheritance, we need to ask ourselves, you know, what is so precious about Jesus? And when we think about it, it actually strengthens our trust, our faith in him. It reminds us of how much he's done for us and how much he's doing for us. So let's just um, say a prayer now. Precious Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done when you emptied yourself of everything and became a man and then became obedient under death, even the death of the cross, because you love each one of us. We pray that you will be lifted up in this program, that we will hear your voice. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to have a song, and it's called Bless the Broken Road. When I am down and oh my soul so weary When troubles come and my heart burden be, then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while with me. You raise me stand on mountains You raise me up to walk on stormy seas I am strong when I am on your shoulders You raise me up to more than I
strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. There is no life, no life without its hunger. Each restless heart beats so imperfectly. But when you come, and I am filled with wonder. Sometimes I think I glimpse eternity. me up to more than to be more than I can be and yeah it's truly a powerful song and we will have that song that I said we were gonna have then we'll have it um, as our third piece of music so now I'd like to share our health tip for the day and uh, we've been looking at this book live more happy by Dr Darren Morton and I was thinking The most important thing, and I should be saying this each time, is the way that we live more happy. The secret to happiness is knowing God and sharing Him. And um, the verse often comes to my head, um, Lynette, Lynette, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary's chosen that. And what did Mary choose? She chose to sit at Jesus' feet. So, yeah, dear listener, the uh, the first number one thing that we need to do for happiness is to seek God and have that relationship with him each day. And then there's a lot of practical things, which I really believe is um, God enlightening people. Um, lots of studies that um, show that our attitude, how we think, really does affect our health and in such a way and so strongly that we can even get sick physically by thinking sad, depressing thoughts. And in this time of fear, it's really good to know that we can not only trust in God, but we can do things to help ourselves to keep well and strong. And so I'm just going to continue reading and uh, we're on the chapter Together Feels Better. He's talking about socially to being with others. Um, How our limbo tunes in to another's limbo is not well understood, Dr. Morton says. Although eye contact probably plays an important part, not surprising given 
what we learned in the previous chapter about how the eyes send messages to the limbo. Some of the studies on eye contact are fascinating. For example, did you know that you are more likely to eat a certain breakfast cereal if the carton character on the front of the box is looking you in the eye? Isn't that interesting? Smell might also play a larger part than we realise in how we connect with each other. Even though we can't smell as well as some animals, such as dogs, our sense of smell still operates in profound ways. Some time ago, researchers discovered that women rated the smell of men in the form of a T-shirt that had been worn for two nights as more appealing if the men had an immune system that was different from their own. That is really interesting. In effect, the woman was subconsciously dialing in to the men through their natural body odour, which is related to their immune system. Regardless of how our limbos communicate, we are undeniably weird sorry not weird, wired, we're undeniably wired to connect with others through feelings. The people we are most connected to are those with and for whom we feel the strongest. Feelings connect us and we need to be connected to others to be emotionally well. Lack of connection to others, loneliness, is a tremendous source of unhappiness and poor health. The combined results of more than 100 studies show that strong social relationships are as important to a long life as not smoking. A recent study that examined people's brain activity using MRI scans has even shown that when people experience rejection, their brain lights up in the same way it does when they experience actual physical pain. Our feelings really can be hurt. We assimilate what when we associate. A few years ago, Dr. Morton ran a marathon. It, remind, it remains the longest two hours, he says, two hours, 52 minutes and 47 seconds of his life. He said, I enjoyed the first 30 kilometres, 19 miles, but I wanted someone, he says, to carry me the final 12 kilometres or seven miles. At one point, when the going started to get tough, I teamed up with two other runners and the three of us took turns leading our little group. I discovered that how I felt was influenced by the runner I was running behind. We never introduced ourselves, but when I ran behind one of my comrades, we'll call him Bouncy Bill, I began to feel strong and I could go, could go the distance. When the lead switched and I ran behind the other runner, we will call him Awkward Arthur, I began to feel like my legs were going to fall off. After a few lead changes, I began to notice that the first runner had a springing running style and a rhythmic breathing pattern. When I was behind him, I noticed I began to run in time with him and breathe more easily. 
The second runner had an awkward stride and panted like he was blowing out candles. Whenever he took the lead, I began to replicate his untimely gait and my breathing would become erratic. As soon as it dawned on me that I was that this was occurring, the doctor says, I became more disciplined in turn, tuning in to Bouncy Bill and tuning out Awkward Arthur. We tend to assimilate with those with whom we associate. Isn't that interesting? That's the influence of others on us. So yeah, that's just some thoughts from Live More Happy, Dr. Darren Morton. And now we're going to have another song.
And that's the question we need to ask ourselves. Is it well with my soul? Am I right with God? Because we never know. We never know when we take our last breath. And so it's really important and it gives us great peace to be right with God. So Dennis is going to um, continue with his series now on the book of Revelation. And am I right in thinking, Dennis, that you're on to Revelation chapter 5? Yeah, so I just want to um, um, mention um, Revelation 4 verse 11 um, because I really love this verse. Um, And I just want to read you something which um, I think is really good. So I just read this verse, um, and it's Revelation 4 verse 11, and it says, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So I just love that verse. <clears throat> it says, For you created all things, that's you and me, He's created all things, and by your will they were created. So it's God's will that we're on this planet. And um, <clears throat> I got a book, it's called Purpose Driven. Um, the purpose-driven life, and the second chapter, and this is what he says here, and I think this is just wonderful, and I believe it's true. It says, God also planned where you were to be born and where you live for his purpose. Your race, your nationality is no accident. God left no detail for, for chance. He planned it all for his purpose. Nothing in your life is arbitrary. It's all for a purpose. Most amazing, <clears throat> God decided how you would be born. Regardless of the circumstances of your birth or who your parents are, God had a plan in creating you. It doesn't matter whether your parents were good, bad or indifferent. God knew that those two individuals possessed the exact, exactly the right genetic makeup to create the custom you. He had, he had um, you in mind. They had the DNA God wanted to make you. There are illegitimate parents, but there is no illegitimate children. Many children are unplanned by their parents, but they are not unplanned by God. God's purpose took into account human error and even sin. God never does anything accidentally. He never makes mistakes. He has a reason for everything that he created. Isn't that that amazing? When you know the page here, he says, God's motive for creating you was his love. The Bible said long ago, uh, before he laid the earth's foundation, he had us in mind and he settled on us as the focus of his love. Isn't that that amazing? You know, God had a plan, you know, and our parents had the genetic code to make us. You know, and God's worked it all out. Isn't that that amazing? I I love that verse. You know, I think of my background. You know, my parents had to get married. Um, But it's God that wanted me here. Isn't that great? Um, 
and I, I read this last week, and I just think this is just amazing here. The Bible says we are fearfully, wonderfully made. I'll just read it again. It says um, our, our bodies contain about 300 trillion cells. The information in one cell is equivalent to 100 million pages of the Encyclopedia Botanica. Five million cells in a drop of blood, and in the nucleus, or the centre of the cell, there is there are coiled chains of DNA molecules, and every DNA molecule has about four billion bits of information. Only, I mean, I said our DNA code has three billion letters in the Pacific order. The DNA in just one body was taken out and laid end for end. It would stretch 50 billion kilometers. Isn't that amazing? Um, In the human cell, every moment, the cell is performing 2,000 operations. 2,000 things that are happening chemically every moment of the time. And Bill Gates said that the best computer man could come up with would be Nowhere near what we have in every every cell of our body. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Now, one of the top atheists in the world, Anthony Flew, has been a figure here of atheism for years, and he has abandoned his atheism and accepted the existence of God. This is what he says. It now seems to me that the findings of more than 50 years of DNA research has provided material for a new and enormous, powerful argument for design. Uh, <clears throat> is it possible that we were all, all the intelligent design that it could happen by chance? Evolution, the evolutional theory claims we're here only by chance and that there is no plan, no purpose, no intention for us. We are all cosmic accidents, nothing more. I believe our existence here is not by accident because God purposed to put us here and there was a distinct plan for our existence. So Revelation 4, verse 11, it says, For you created all things, and by your will, by God's will, they were created and have their being. So that's you and me, isn't it? So do we need to have a break? Right, let's have a break and we'll come back. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Um, welcome back. <clears throat> welcome back. Um, we're looking at the book of Revelation. Now we're going to look at um, chapter 5. But I'd just like to mention again, um, these booklets <clears throat> that we have on the book of Revelation, um, it's called Revelation, Hope, Meaning and Purpose, and you can get them online. And um, you can get a set of 12 that take you through the whole of Revelation, or you can get a set of 24, which are more detailed. And all you've got to do is put in Revelation, Hope, Meaning and Purpose into Google, 
and you will find out how to get them. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to look um, today at Revelation chapter 5, <clears throat> and this is this is an amazing chapter, and <clears throat> I'm going to get uh, my uh, get Lynette to read verses 1 to 4. If you could read that, Lynette, that'd be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Revelation 5, 1 to 4. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Right, very good. So I'm just going to summarise. So... um, Chapter 5 is God's on the throne um, and with a scroll sealed with seven seals. Then a, a mighty angel proclaims with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll? And then um, verse 3 says, No one in heaven and earth was worthy to open the scroll. And then it says, John weeps because no one was worthy to open the scroll. Right? Now, just read um, um, <clears throat> what do we want to go to? Five and six. Lynette? Mm-hmm. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Right. Now, so verse 5, one of the elders said to John, Stop weeping. A lion from the tribe of Judah, uh, from David's line, has overcome and conquered. He can open the scroll and break the seven seals. So that was good news. And then verse 6, it says, John sees a lamb um, looking like he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. So um, just trying to summarise this chapter and um, into some main points and then explain it. So verse 7, 7 and 8. Mm-hmm. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Right. So John, as I said before, sees a Lamb standing uh, 
um, I, I sees a lamb looking like he'd been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, and he is encircled by the four living creatures and the 24 elders. Now, uh, we want to read 9 and 10. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Right. Um, so <clears throat> this is the um, the living creatures and the elders, and they sing a new song of praise, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open it. Right, and then we're going to go to angels. So if you read um, verses 11 and 12. Do you want me to read 10? Um is it 10? <coughs> no, we want to read... Um, 11 and 12? Yeah, 11 and okay. 12. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice... Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. Right, thank you. So, um, just to summarise, um, sounds like all the angels encircle the throne, the living creatures and 24 elders, and they sing a song of praise to the Lamb. Right, and now 13, verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing and honour and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb for ever and ever. Very good. And then um, we have every creature in the universe sing a song of praise. So you've got three groups singing these songs of praise. And then verse 14 says that, And the four living creatures said, Amen, so let it be. That's what Amen means. And the elders fell down and they worshipped. They worshipped. So that's a, that's a summary of um, um, what chapter 5. Now just to deal with it a wee bit more, um, from one to four, this is dealing with a problem that God had. See, no one was worthy to open the scroll. And when when God created beings and they rebelled against him, what was he going to do to solve the problem? See, it's a big problem for God. For example, uh, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, what was what was he to do? Now, there's some options that God um, could have done. For example, he could have destroyed them and started again. But would that really have solved the problem? Because sooner or later, someone down the track would have gone astray too. Um, well, he could have abandoned them to their, to their fate. They, um, they could have uh, been lost and paid for their own rebellion. Well, he could ignore their rebellion, but if he did that, what would happen? See, it wouldn't solve the problem. Um, or he could put into effect the um, purpose 
of salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, God has a watching universe of beings, and he has to show his character. He also has to show the devil's character. Who is right? Who is just? Who is worthy to rule? Now, in First John um, 3 and verse 5, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus, the purpose for Jesus to come to this world was the, um, the purpose that the Son of Man was to manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And it's interesting how he did that. So, um, righto. In, in verse 5 of Revelation 5, the elders tell John, Jesus Christ has won the victory. He can open the seals. He has been victor over death and the power of evil, and suffering will um, will end one day. So isn't that good? That is really good. So um, I think we should have a break. Is that right? And sing that song. We're going to get that song this time? Yes, we're going to get that song. And that song is Bless the Broken Road.
Lovely song, oh, I really like that song. Mm. Yeah, because Jesus is the answer. And we've been mm. looking at um, <clears throat> we're looking at Revelation chapter five, and it's it's really um, a chapter that's dealing with the heart of the problem that God has, and the heart of the problem of this this earth. And uh, I'm just going to read um, some notes from. Um, John Pauline. Now, John Pauline, um, he's one of the author of the booklets that I've been um, promoting um, so that people can um, understand the book of Revelation. Um, It's written for lay people and it's makes the book of Revelation easy to understand because a lot of people struggle with all the different symbols. So like I mentioned, just put into Google Revelation, Hope, Meaning and Purpose and you will find it. Now, the um, I just yeah, this is from his book. Um, just some thoughts here from his book called "The Seven Keys." It's dealing with the Book of Revelation, and this is what he says. He says the issue in Revelation four and five: Who is in charge of the universe? Is God in charge? The question: Has He always been just? Is He truly worthy to rule? How can he be considered just and loving when there's so much suffering in this world? Would you trust a ruler who would be willing to die for your benefit? Would, uh, I'm sorry, God who rules the universe was willing to sacrifice his son, willing to die. You may not understand everything that is going on in the universe. We may not understand uh, what God is doing. We may not understand why so much suffering goes on here, but the book of Revelation tells us that God solved the issue at the cross of Jesus Christ. At the cross, we begin to understand the government of God. At the cross, God demonstrated his right to rule. Two basic ways to rule in this world, by right or by might. The book of Revelation tells us that God rules like a lamb, a slain lamb, willing to die for its subjects. Revelation tells us, don't worry. In the end, God will set it right. He will be just and will be seen to be just. Isn't that good? Right, so God doesn't rule by force. And in this world at the moment, uh, we're... um, on the verge of ruling by force, you've got to get a, uh, a vaccination or a jab um, to be able to work and to go into certain places. So if you don't, you can't. So um, for a lot of people, they're forced into it if they want to make a living. So anyhow, um, in verse 6, Jesus now is in heaven. And this is after the resurrection. Um, but it's really interesting that he still has the marks of the crucifixion still on his body. They're there. And uh, I was just listening um, recently, um, <clears throat> Casting Crowns uh, has written, um, have 
produce a song saying in heaven, um, we will have no scars. The only scars in heaven are on Jesus Christ. So isn't God amazing? So Jesus will forever bear the marks of his crucifixion on his body. Habakkuk 3 and verse 4 says um, he has rays flashing from his hands, rays flashing from his hands, and there his power was hidden. That's an interesting verse, isn't it? So, um, and I love this verse. This verse um, in Isaiah 49 verse 16, I, I really love it. And it says, see, I have graven you on the palms of my hands. I remember when I first became a Christian and um, I was a bit, <clears throat> it was a change and I was a bit down and feeling a bit sad, sorry for myself. And God um, vividly pressed this on my mind. See, the nail prints, that is his memorial, his reminder, his forget-me-not that um, he died for us. Isn't that good? Now, I recently got a a book by Timothy Keller, um, his new book on um, hope in times of fear. Now, I'm just having a wee bit of trouble with my voice and I'm, I'm frightened I'm going to cough. <coughs> so I'm just going to have a fisherman. I have these um, fisherman friends <coughs> and they help me. <coughs> and um, sorry about this, but um, <coughs> I must have a drink of water. Hang on. <laughs> So um, this is what Timothy Keller says. He says, Jesus is saying, the wounds are not simply evidence that I, um, I am alive. <clears throat> they are proof that I died for you and that your debt has been fully paid and the power of death over you <clears throat> has been broken. Isn't that good? It's really good, isn't it? <clears throat> Now, I'm going to ask um, Lynette to read me. Um, I've got a section here from William Barclay and what he says about about the marks. So if you can read uh, on the red there mm-hmm. on that page. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. So here is a tremendous picture of Christ. He is the... Fulfillment of all the hopes and dreams of Israel. He is the Lion of Judah and the Root of David. He is the one whose sacrifice avowed for men and who still bears the marks of it in the heavenly places. But the tragedy has turned to triumph and the shame to glory and he is the one whose all-conquering might none can withstand and whose all-seeing eye none can escape. Isn't that good? That's good. Now, William Barclay has two books. He wrote, um, he was a Presbyterian, he trained ministers in Scotland, 
<clears throat> and he died um, in the 20th century. And he wrote 17 um, books, um, all on the New Testament, so that lay people can understand. And his, he's got two volumes in Revelation, um, and they're worth reading. He has a lot of very interesting uh, material in there. Now, <clears throat> we, um, on Revelation 5, 9 and 10, we have 24 elders <clears throat> and the living creatures, and <clears throat> they sing a song of praise to the Lamb and to Jesus. Jesus is called the Lamb in Revelation 29 times. In verse 9, they sing a new song. Now, a new song is very common in the Psalms. Um, for example, Psalms 96 verse 1, it says, O sing to the Lord a new song. It's the same in 98.1, and there's others there. Now, the book of Revelation is a book of new things, new names. Um, see, we get a new name. There's a new Jerusalem, a new song, a new heaven and earth, and great promise that God will make all things New. Now, should we have a should we have a break? We're not going to have a break, um, <clears throat> right? Yes, we find that time goes so very quick. Now, I've got another quote here from <clears throat> William Barclay, and <clears throat> and this is what he says. He says in this song, there is summed up the result, the result. Um, Results of the death of Jesus Christ. It was a death with purpose in it. It's not an accident of history. The object of the sacrifice is to restore the lost relationship between God and man. It was for that purpose and with that result that Jesus Christ died. He gave his life a ransom for many, for all. He brought us... um, from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us, not by human wealth, but by the precious blood of Christ. We are bought with a price. The New Testament consistently declares that it costs the death of um, Jesus Christ to rescue man from the dilemma and slavery into which sin had brought us. <clears throat> the death of Jesus Christ was universal in its benefit for men and women of every race. But Jesus opened the way for all men to God. Every man becomes a priest in the sense that he has right of access to God. And in this world, ye will have tribulation, said Jesus, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In, G- in Jesus, there is victory over self, victory over circumstances, victory over sin. Isn't all that good? It's amazing what God has done. So we'll have to leave the rest until next time. We've run out of time. Uh, time goes so quick when we share the things of the Bible. And Revelation 5 is such a wonderful chapter, and we'll talk about it um, again next time. Thank you, Dennis. That was really interesting and powerful to picture in our, um, in our mind that scene in uh, Revelation 5 and to think that we'll all have a part in it because of what Jesus has done is amazing to say the least okay so just before we 
finish for today. Just like to remind you of the free giveaways, the book Steps to Christ, and in the local takeaways here, the book Signs. And we are happy for you to contact us, give us some feedback or a request um, for prayer for you, a friend or family member off air or on air if you wish. And you can contact us on 022-635, sorry, we'll change that number, 022-681-5216 and info at mpr.nz. And we'll just finish with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our source of strength, our source of hope, and you give us meaning and purpose. We pray that you'll be with the ones who are listening now. In your name, Amen. So from us here at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace, as the Bible says. May the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. God bless. Oh uh-huh.